Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is 77 WABC Sports. Here's Mike Didino. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 77 WABC Sports Podcast with Mike Didino. I'm your host, Mike Didino. I'm with... This guy that keeps coming into the room with me every Friday, and that is who? Doesn't really matter what my name is, doesn't Phil. Phil to my oh, nobody to my right. Oh, that that's what you call a good one. That's a good one. All right, Phil, what's going on? Happy Friday. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. How you doing? How's your bagel? He's eating the bagel. Phil, I've been telling Phil for like the last few months that he looks worse by the day. I'm on an all carbs diet. Only in this carbs, a lot of bagels. How do you feel, though, like, physically? I feel like, sh- I feel like shit. Good, because you look worse. I feel like shit. You look shit. terrible. I've been telling you this. I'm trying to actually get to you because it's, it's getting concerning, but regardless. I'm in better shape than 98% of Americans. Okay, let's get into it. Um, where do you want to start today, Phil? We can start with my um, Kyler Murray spew. Okay. Kyler Murray. So, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. As, as everybody knows, as you know, as anybody, you have cream cheese on your mustache. You got to take that off. I, I think it's continue. butter. Whatever it is, just take it off before I continue. All right, you're good. All right. As everybody knows, fantasy football is a passion of mine. It's something I've been doing for a long time. It's something that I put a lot of work into. Countless amount of hours every single week for months, for years, for my whole entire life. Fantasy football has been an integral part to my day-to-day operations. And I have one league that I care about a lot. And what are we getting now? We could, we, could, we could get to that sooner. Wow. So Mike White's out. Mike White's out. Mike White's out. The MILF killer's back. Wow. So that just breaks this. So Mike White is out. Zach Wilson is starting Sunday versus the Lions. The MILF killer is back. So the Jets season is over. So <laughs> well, yeah, it's, been it's December 16, 1044 a.m. The Jets season officially has came to an end right call, now. Call the death now. So it's funny because Mike White said yesterday, quote, no doubt I'll play. And I wrote an article on it, and I posted it in a bunch of Facebook groups, and now I can't wait to go back to my computer and get, like, 90, 90 people coming at me, but that'll yeah, yeah, be yeah. fun. I mean, if he said it, he said it. There's nothing you can change about what he said. The guy said he was going to play, and he's in fights. So what does this mean for the Jets? Zach Wilson is back. He's 5-2 and two as a starter. His two losses both came versus Bill Belichick and the Patriots. He obviously has not played well this year. What's your confidence level if you're a Jet fan right now, 1-10? I, I obviously can't be very confident in Zach Wilson. I, I don't think I'd be confident in any situation in Zach Wilson. He'd be playing in the Pee Wee League, and I'd be like, listen, it's a 50-50 game. It's a, it's a, it's a toss-up. So um, Obviously, confidence level isn't too high, especially with the, you know, the season on the line here. It's more than likely that the Jets might be falling out. Well, the Jets season know. is over. Time is it? Did I say it? 10.45. Jets season is over. Call it dead now. Let me ask you a question. This is actually a serious question. I'm being 100% serious. Obviously, Zach Wilson went second pick in the draft. He was a good talent in college. Um, obviously, though, now it seems like he's playing with no confidence. If, Jack, if Zach Wilson went back to college today and, let's say, played <laughs> yes. for Alabama, would they be – who's the number one team in the country? Georgia. Georgia. If you put Zach Wilson on Georgia right now, today, would they still be the number one team in the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, right? Yeah. I mean, he's younger. He's younger than Stenson Bennett, and that's their starting quarterback. Stenson well, not Bennett's George's. Like, he's Michigan's quarterback. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, Why are you in here? 
I don't know. You started talking about college football. Who gives right. a shit? We're talking about uh, Kyler Murray, and we started talking about— Well, you interrupted me with the Zach Wilson talk, yeah, which fake. is good stuff. They would uh, they would be—I mean, whatever. That Yeah, they'd still be the number one. A college, a NFL, any NFL player is better than like the best college player. Is that true? No. But um, for the most part, they are. Right. Like, he's better than any—like, you know, the average— There might be two, three college uh, quarterbacks right now that are better than Zach Wilson. So the Jets were minus two before— I made this list, this little spreadsheet I'm looking at before we came on. Jets were minus two versus the Lions. This was when Mike White was predicted to play. What will the spread be now? Are you looking it up? I want you to guess. No, I wasn't looking up. Um, I was looking up. Yes. Yeah, St- what are you talking about? That's a betting place for Georgia. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah. Don't you correct me and you ask me why I'm here and yeah. it was your mistake. Well, um, sorry. Yeah, do you feel stupid now? You should yeah, feel I stupid. I, I just come on, answer my question. What do you no, think I the spread make you will feel be bad now? Of what was the spread I feel before? bad enough about myself every what, single what day. The, oh, Jets I, what, were minus two before I walked into favorites. this room. Yes, bef- this was before I walked into this Ooh. room when when I was under the impression <clears throat> and everybody else was under the impression that Mike White was playing. They probably flip. Yeah, they probably they flip to a, like a plus. You think Zach Wilson to Mike White's a four point difference? I don't. I don't think they flip to. I think. I think like one and a half point favorites, uh, underdogs. Okay, I think it's gonna be a pick em. I think two points. Four points is a lot. It is. A lot. All right, that's it. Back to my Kyler Murray spew. All right, as you know, fantasy football is a big part of my life. It's something that I've dedicated almost my whole entire life to over probably the last 10 years. I put way too much. I, the amount of hours I put into fantasy, and this is where I really get frustrated and emotional. The amount of hours I can you look at me, please? The amount of hours that I put into fantasy football over the last decade the is pathetic. I know. It's pathetic how many hours I put in. I try to tell you this all the time. Hours. It's sad. I feel bad for you. Now, on Monday, I needed Kyler Murray to get me. Five fantasy points to advance to the playoffs. Five. And I laughed at this too. I and told you left. You. you said you said, yeah, I need to make the I'm gonna make the playoffs if Kyler Murray gets five points. I said, dude, it's a quarterback. Of course he can hit five points. His season low for points was ten, or maybe twelve. So it was a lock. If he played the only way that Kyler Murray was not going to get five points was if he tore his ACL. And he did tear his ACL. I mean, if he got shot in the head at uh, you know, at the coin flip, he probably would have So regardless, stop. My season is now over. Three months of blood, sweat, and tears is over because the guy tears his ACL. And I'm not mad at Kyler. That's, that's yeah, it's not his fault. He it's not his ACL. fault. He didn't want to do that. To no, you. he didn't want to tear his ACL. Obviously not. I, I question now, you know, life, though. It's, this is a bigger question than fantasy. This is a question about life. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. But am I that much of a piece of shit? That this happens to me with my season on the line after dedicating my whole entire life to fantasy. Oh you no, know, I would actually argue that you're a bigger piece of shit. Than, this has nothing to do with that. That's, those are two completely like you know separate things here. Um, were you deserving of this situation? I, I would argue probably you're deserving of much worse than this. Like it's it could get much worse than that. It happened. I mean, if anyone was deserving of it, it'd probably be you. Why do you say that? I don't know. Because at the end of the day, I know I'm not. A, I know I'm not a good guy. I'd like to think I'm a decent guy. I don't go home and I don't. I don't hand I don't out. Know. I don't hand out. You know, roses to kids on the streets. I don't hand but out. That would chocolates. be pedophilic. I, you probably shouldn't just hand out flowers to children on the street, right? Uh, probably not. Yeah, it's not whatever. Whatever the case may be, I'd like to think at the end of the day, I go home, I look myself in the mirror, and I say, "Hey, no, that guy's a decent guy." I don't know why you do that. Decent guy. I have no do idea. Do I deserve why I do that? that? Do I deserve three? No, but legitimately, do I deserve three months of everything I have every single day, ten to twelve hours a day, weekends, seven days a week for it all to end like that? Do I deserve that? Kind of. Kind of. To think that it's you know, there's a lot to do with fantasy football, and a lot of it, you know, is luck induced. You can't control it. You could have you could look at charts and data all day and all year, and some dude who coin flips for his. Uh, or has an auto draft on will end up winning. It, it just happens sometimes. 
You so, can't predict everything. So do I retire now? That's the next question. Do I retire from fantasy football? Nah, move on don't, to better don't, things? don't baby it up. Don't pull don't a... Baby, yeah. Don't be dramatic. I'm very dramatic. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you probably shouldn't be... You were being dramatic right now by even contemplating you're not going to retire. It's just emotionally draining. That's what it is. It's That's why it's nice to get your foot out the door. I know it's kind of hard to be like telling people what to dra- who to draft and who are the good guys and yeah. not be a part of it. But if you're not emotionally invested yourself, it's a lot easier to... That's why I don't, I don't bet in uh, March Madness anymore. Or I don't do brackets. I haven't done it for years. I don't like brackets either. Because it, it makes me root for people. I don't want. I want to watch it for the enjoyment of the game. And that's the problem with my, me now. I, I find myself not enjoying football, not as well, nearly as much as I used to. With too much betting, too much. I, I don't know if it's the pressure I put on myself, but the fantasy. It's just when you have just say X amount of people reaching out to you per week. You're trying to obviously help them. You want your, you want yourself to look good, but you're trying to help people. And then you do the betting, and you put your picks out to the public, and you want those picks to win, and you you know you want to make yeah. yourself look good, and then you don't even enjoy the game. I'm well, not enjoying football even anymore. Even beyond enjoying it, you're not really watching the games. You're kind of just watching players. You're just hope you know if you have a guy on your team, and and you really need the points to to win this game this season, you're not even paying attention to the, to the game. You're just no, watching. Just go like, get him, pass him the ball, the pass, pass him the, the damn ball. That's what you're doing, and yeah. it's not it's not fun to watch sports like that. No, it's not. So what do I do? How do I change it? Seriously, this is advice that I need because I'm not enjoying football as nearly as much as I used to in the past. Continue doing fantasy stuff, just don't partake in it. Don't play in it. Yeah, interesting. Right? Then you can just watch from the outside and be like, oh, listen, I fucked up with that pick, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I didn't lose any money or anything, yeah. so it's not on me. Fair. I'm still poor, broke, and depressed, but hey, I didn't lose money. Um, at, least you're, uh, at least you're not a piece of shit. Oh, never mind. All right, let's move on. MLB free agency. You want to do a little bit of uh, I'm going to over- do a little bit of like, overpaid, underpaid. You want like, me to ask you some yeah, overpaid, overpaid? Yeah, ask me over? some. Um, I don't want to go back too far. Let's do the guys that were like. Yeah, we'll, do you we'll know start who from yesterday. This week? Yeah, we'll start yesterday. Okay. Right? The Yankees, big signing with the Yankees. Pinstripes get Carlos Rodon six years. What was it, 162 million? Yeah. Two times. 27 a year? Yeah, yeah, 27 per year. Uh, good, good math there. Good quick math. Two-time ah, All-Star, that. made the All-Star team last two years, you know, adding on to that pitching rotation for the Yankees. What do you think? I mean, 27 a year for a guy that's 30 years old that had two has that's had two really good seasons is seems like an overpay. It probably is an overpay, but the Yankees had to do something. The Yankees did not improve their roster at all from last season. My problem with the Yankees coming into this season and after signing Aaron Judge was Aaron Judge had the best season of all time. Legitimately the best season of all time that's not for true. a guy that did not that. cheat. For a guy that did not cheat, did not take steroids. He did cheat. He had the best season. Just stop talking. For the best season of all time, and the Yankees were an average team. They were very good in the first half, and in the second half, they were an abomination. In the playoffs, they were pathetic. And how was Judge with the best season of all time in the playoffs? We're not not going to judge. No, no, no pun intended. We're not going to judge somebody off of a small sample size. I'm just asking. How was he? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Was Judge good in the playoffs? No. Was he awful in the playoffs? No. Teams were pitching around him because the Yankees had no protection for him, and they still don't have protection for him. But that was my problem about two days ago, that the Yankees were the same roster they were last year. You now add Carlos Rodon. Say what you want about him, overpay, underpay. It was an overpay, a little bit of an overpay, but it's still a good signing because the Yankees might have the best starting pitching rotation. What, what, is, what even is an overpay in, in the MLB? 
That's a good question because there's, there's no cap. There's no hard cap. It's an overpay what based is an on overpay? what? Nothing. To me, an overpay is like a 13-year contract. So a six-year contract, if Rodon's good for three years, if Rodon's good for four years, you win the contract. If he's good for five years, it's a terrific contract. Now, he's still 30 years old, so you expect him to be at least in the rotation and respectable for the next five years. So to me, I, I think the 13-year, the Correa deal, the, Bo- the Bogart deal are worse deals than that because, I mean, those guys could be cooked in five years and you have seven years left in your deal. But going back to my pain point, the Yankees might have the best rotation in baseball. Garrett Cole, they don't have like some true horse ace, but you have Garrett Cole, you now have Rodon, you have Cortez, you have Severino, and you have Montas. That's a really good rotation. If Frankie Montas came over from Oakland last year, he was awful, but he was an all-star before. He's a guy that could obviously take a step forward. This Yankee rotation is deep. They're ne- they might not be as top-heavy as the Mets, but they're deep. I like the move for the Yankees. And Chris Russo said, over the dare, overpay. Chris Russo needs to stop talking about baseball. He's, well, he's kind of hard when he's employed by MLB Network. All right, so then maybe he should continue talking about Yeah, baseball. yeah, right. I would... used to work at MLB Network, so I used to see Chris Rooster. Right? He has no idea who I am. I have respect for the guy, but he's wrong here. Because he was on SIDS. Now, he was on <laughs> so, so he should just stop talking about baseball forever? No. Well, that's what you just said. You said, you said he was wrong. He made a well, mistake, Well, Sid maybe. came in here. You know, let's, let's actually date back. Sid Rosenberg, um, who, what's the, what's the new show called? Sid and Friends. Are you considered a friend of Sid? Of course. I'm a best friend of the show. Okay, so Sid and Friends. In the morning. In the morning. This morning. Russo was on it, and he said that Rodon was a terrible pay. Terrible, terrible contract. I totally disagree. The terrible contracts are the ones that are... Oh, I almost just spilled that coffee. The terrible contracts are ones that are 10 years plus. A six-year contract, if this guy's good for four years, then it's fine. What's $27 million to the Yankees? Nothing. They're paying Josh Johnson $25 million. That's a bad contract. You know, anything's a bad contract if the owner's not willing. To, it's all relativity. To, that's why. There's no overpay in baseball. You can't. Because there is no the salary The only overpay cap. in baseball is if the guy's not playing or if the guy's completely yeah. washed. Like yeah. in, in the essence of like a 13-year deal, when Carlos Correa has back problems, in year three and he has 10 years left in his contract, that's a terrible contract. And overpay is when you trade for Josh Donaldson, you pay him $25 million a year, and he cannot hit the baseball. That's a bad but contract. He- Carlos Rodon is a two-time All-Star. He led the league in strikeouts per nine for starting pitchers last year. He's made two consecutive All-Stars. He's finished with a sub-three ERA two times in a row, and he's a very, very good pitcher. Russo, you are flat out wrong. Be- breathe. Can we play this on the show, by the breathe. way? Breathe. Yeah, right. probably. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I know the producers. I'll slip it in there. Do you find this to be amusing, or is this just fake news and I'm just talking to talk? You're probably just talking to talk. I don't know. All right. Speaking of another uh, guy who you just already mentioned, what about Carlos Correa? It's a terrible contract. 13 years. 13 years, 350 mil, Giants. Now, the Giants, at least I respect the Giants a little bit because they wanted Aaron Jones. They didn't get Aaron Judge, and they didn't just sit back and, and lay in their backs. They signed probably the next best player on the market. But to me, I mean, Correa, Trey Turner, and Bogarts all got big contracts, and they're all good players, but are they all franchise-changing Or Are any of them franchise-changing players? Probably not. Correa had 65 RBIs last year. 65! He had 290, and he had 22 home runs, which is okay. But he had 65 RBIs, and you're paying him now for 13 years, $350 million? That is not good. The lineup is still not good. I don't see him having... I don't see him ever really being a 30 and 100 guy. I mean, he'll... he'll that's, his, that's his ceiling. 30 and 100. 300, 30 and 100 is his ceiling, which is a great year for a shortstop. But for 13 years, I hate it. He's already having back issues. I hate, I hate that deal. I hate it. What, uh, if you had to say right now, which one do you think is the worst contract? The, uh, the Correa or the, uh, the, the Bogart's contract? Correa's 13 years. 350. Bogart's what, 11, 280? Yeah. I believe, they're, I believe Bogart's is 30. Now, the, the, one, the question I have with Bogart's is, first of all, you look at Bogart's stats over his career, he's one of the best pure hitters in the MLB. 
the last four seasons, I believe this is, might not be factually correct, but I believe it is. I believe it is. Yeah, it's, that's a good preface. I believe he hit two ninety four or better, and he hit over three hundred in three of the last four seasons. The guy's a pure hitter. He's one of the best pure hitters in the MLB. Now the concern is he is a defense, not a defensive liability, but his defensive metrics have regressed over the past three four seasons. And last season. This is the big scare. He only hit seven home runs. And I know home runs is an overvalued stat, but a guy that just hit seven home runs, I was hitting, you know, at least at a minimum 15 and a maximum 25. It's a tad bit concerning, and now you're on the hook for him 11 years. But that being said, the Padres lineup is the best lineup. The top the top four hitters in San Diego's lineup is the best top best top four I've ever seen in my entire life watching baseball. That's including uh, Fernando Tatis. That's right? yes. Who will he'll come back like, what, mid- midway through next season? No, you're totally wrong once again. Wait, wait, wait. I don't remember about when he'll be back. Oh, it should be okay. I don't think he's missing half the season. He got an 82 game suspension with maybe 30, 40 games left. Yeah, okay. I felt like it was close to the end of the year. Anyway, uh, what's your take on the uh, the Mets? Offseason. Do I have a bone to pick with Chris Russo? Because Chris Russo said the Mets did not get better than they were last year. That, once again, is factually incorrect. Oh, yeah, is it? It is. And Tell let me, me explain yeah, to you why. Yeah, please. Okay, the Mets, first of all, won 100 games last year, so it's going to be difficult for them to be much better than they were last year. Regardless, if they win 100 games last year and they don't play in a wild card game, they have a good chance to win the World Series. That's my first point. So they don't even need to be better than they were last year because they won 100 games. How much better do you want them to be? You want them to set the MLB record for wins? Not going to happen. Not realistic. So Chris Russo, once again, wrong there. But going back to my point, why the Mets are better on paper than they were last year was because you still have Max Scherzer, and now you replace Jacob DeGrom with Justin Verlander. Jacob DeGrom pitched in 12 games last Last year, Jacob Negron doesn't go more than six innings. He doesn't throw more than 100 pitches. The guy's a fraud. The guy's a straight-up fraud. One of the best pitchers in the league. Probably the best pitcher in the league if healthy, but he's never healthy. So now you always put a healthy guy in there. So now you actually have two guys that are going to start 25 games. So already the Mets are better right there. You get the kid Sengea, Kodei Sengea from um, Japan. He's better than anybody that the Mets... He's better than... I mean... He's nice. I've seen some... He's a question mark, actually. I shouldn't say he's better than... I was going to say he's better than Taiwan Walker, but I don't know if he's better than Chris Bassett. And that's unfair to Taiwan Walker, who also pitched in an All-Star game in his first year in the Mets and had another good year last year. He, he's probably the X-factor for the team this year. He's going to be interesting. He was terrific in Japan. He was really good. He was nasty. Is he, is he, can, can you trust him to step into the MLB and be better than you know a guy like Bassett that's had a lot of success? I don't know. That's going to be a question mark. So I'm, I'm going I'm to take that back statement. But my, my main point is the Mets won 100 games last year, which is going to be difficult to win more than that. And now you get Justin Verlander, who's actually going to pitch more than 12 games. So you have two guys that are actually going to be in the rotation for the whole entire year, presuming they don't get injured. So they're going to be better than they were last year. So you have any issue with the amount of money that they're spending? Well, I could go into a whole spiel about this, and this is another hot take. Well, the b- baseball sucks because you just—it's just whoever spends the most money has the best chance to win. The Mets are paying two hundred eighty-three million dollars to their collective roster this year. The Yankees are paying two hundred thirty-eight million dollars to the collective roster this year. They're the two top-paying teams in the league. Third is the Phillies with one hundred seventy-five million. The Mets are spending a hundred million more than the third highest spending team in the league. If the Mets do not win or come close to winning the World Series, and this is coming from a diehard Mets fan, you should tie weights around Steve Cohen's ankles and you should push him into um, the Hudson River. Why are, you, why are you pocket watching so hard? Who cares how much money Steve Cohen spends? He has unlimited money. It's just not. It's the principle. I don't. I've yeah, my whole entire life. I said the game. My whole entire life. I've said the Yankees just spend more money than everybody. That's why they're good. In essence, that is kind of true. If you spend more money than everybody else, you should be good. Correct. Okay. Now the Mets are just spending more money than everybody else. They want to win. They're tired of seeing the Yankees win. They haven't won the World Series. The Yankees in the 30- haven't won in one World Series since two thousand. 
Sid, yeah, come in. Sid wants to jump in. Nice to have Sid on the show, no? No, I hear enough of him. Yeah, I don't need too much more of this. Oh, no, he's coming in now. He's coming in. All right, yeah. Phil, you're out. Phil, you're out. Good, I can eat my bagel, finally. <laughs> yeah. What's the question you were asking about the Yankees just now, Mike? What question was I asking about the Yankees? You said, now, the Yankees have only won one World Series since 2009. That was it, 2009, yeah. Joe Girardi, Alex Rodriguez, CC Sabathia. They've not won a World Series in 14 years. Mm-hmm. What was the argument that you were having with Phil leading up to that conversation? Well, we've been bouncing around. First of all, I was That's saying that... Oh, yeah, so I mean, I mean, I've kind of been going off here about how I disagree with Russo. So Chris Russo was on your show today. Yes. He spoke about Carlos Rodon being an overspend. I disagree with that. Okay. I also disagree with the Mets not being better than they were last year. Okay. I disagree with both of those points. We get into that. Okay. But then after that, I got into the point of that I think I don't like what the Mets are doing, spending $282 million this year, which is $100 million more than the third highest spending team in the league. To me, that requires no skill, and you're just have a massive advantage over the whole entire league just because you're frankly spending more money than them. Not true. Uh, it is true, we, We've seen so many examples where the Yankees for so many years spent the most money and they didn't win. Look, I, I, we're not that far removed from the Marlins winning a World Series in 2003. They spent nothing. Uh, there's a lot of teams that contend the Tampa Bay Rays spend nothing every year and they have been consistently a big threat. And, and that's my winning point. World Series... No, you don't. Just because the Mets are spending money doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series. And the truth is, as a fan, you want your owner to spend as much money as possible because most people think, "Hey, if I spend the money, I'm going to win." So I love Steve Cohen because he clearly he's got the money. He wants to spend the money, but there is no direct correlation between spending the most money and winning World Series. Well, then that's pathetic because there should be. Let's just let's just take it in a real world example. If me and you both went into a club, right, and you had two hundred eighty million dollars to spend, right, and I had one hundred seventy-five million dollars to spend, right, who would have a better chance of with that money? Let's just say getting laid. Uh, you, because you're younger and better looking. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I know, listen, I know your point. I mean, money usually speaks, but you that know, was a again, bad example. I couldn't think of anything on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. I'll change you up. Whatever the case may be, if you give me $280 million to build the baseball team and then you give Phil $180 million to build the baseball team, I should build a better baseball team. You should. And look, if, and if just... I don't build a better baseball team, I should be fired. Well, look, you're going to have a good team. They See, will have a good team. Right, right. You can't they better spend... have a good team. Well, I know, but you can't spend 280 and not be competitive. So when you spend that type of money, Mike... Barring a million injuries, you've guaranteed you're going to be competitive and give your chance a self to win. Most teams who are going to spend $80 million, they have no chance. The Pirates have no chance. I know we mentioned the Marlins and the Rays, but yes, when you spend that type of money, at least you're telling your fan base, we're going to be competitive and we may win everything. And that's a big deal. But again... There is no guarantee spending the most money equals a World Series. It doesn't no, happen but it, do- it doesn't. But in any other sport, there's a cap. So when I have a distinct advantage over the whole entire league, I just find that unattractive. Well, you're right. I mean, the same teams spend the most money, and they're always competitive. And even though, like we talked about, a Marlins or a Rays kind of slips through the cracks every now and then, you're right. Baseball is very predictive. You, you, predictable. you know the Mets are going to be there. The Braves are going to be there. The Yankees are going to be there. Most years, Boston, not lately, but they're going to be there. And Although, listen, you know, like the Angels... They spent a ton of money the last couple of years. Trout got big money. When Pujols went there years ago, they gave him big money. They haven't really vibed for, for an AL West title. Yeah, but this is a little different because the Mets are spending $100 million yeah, yeah. more than the third highest okay. spending team and, and, in the and league. Guess what? That they, is a huge difference. And, $100 million is what, a Verlander, 
plus a plus a no, plus you're a right. You're right. But look, so they, let's just they, let's, but, let's, but they spent a lot of money last year, and they still can't get past San Diego in the first round of the playoffs. So just pathetic. Uh, well, it's not pathetic. I mean, they won 101 games. They, had a good year. they made it to the to the playoffs, right? I mean, pathetic would be 81 wins, and you don't make the playoffs. But it was disappointing because you thought after winning 101 with the payroll you're talking about and Degrom and Scherzer at the top of your rotation, you're built to win a World Series, and you're out round one against San Diego. Look, if they stay healthy, that rotation, with Verlander, who's never been a great uh, World Series pitcher, he's a good postseason pitcher, but his World Series numbers are horrible. Don't forget, he won his very first ever World Series game this year. He's like 1-8. But if you get there with Verlander, Scherzer, who's also not a very good postseason pitcher, remember, even when the Nats won the World Series, that was Strasburg, not Scherzer, who's the best pitcher on the staff. But if you get there with those guys and Senga, you would think... They've got a chance to win the World Series. They, say they better have a chance to win the World Series when you spend $280 million. You better. If you're spending $100 million more than the third highest spending team It doesn't, doesn't guarantee anything. It should, though, in my opinion. It should, but it I mean, shouldn't if, guarantee. If Verlander gets better. hurt, if Verlander gets hurt, there's your $100 million right out the window. Yeah, and, and, and that's a fair point if yeah. Verlander does get hurt. So then to go back on my point, because Mad Dog was on his show today, he said he doesn't think the Mets got better. He thinks the Mets are basically the same team. He made a very good point. He said, look... Give me that lineup. Alonzo, really good hitter. No question. Great hitter. Uh, uh, the other kid, uh, uh, Lindor. Lindor had a great year last year. He's a Hall of Famer. He, but look, let's be honest. Do we know if is going to hit? No. Do we know if Brandon Nimmo? We got $162 million. Brandon Nimmo hit 274. He's far from a superstar. The third baseman, Escobar, can't hit. The catcher position is not a very good uh, offensive position. Stoning Marte had a really good year, no doubt about it, until he got hurt. But they have not really improved the offense at all. No, so they you, have not at all. Right. So you added the third starter, and now you replace the Grom with Verlander. You're basically the same team. Basically, uh, unless those guys come back, these other guys with great years again, is Jeff McNeil going to hit 340 again? I don't know. So he makes a valid point inside a division where the Phillies have a better lineup than the Mets, in my opinion. The Braves are still the best team in that division, still. So we got to see if the Mets, with all this money being spent, are going to be better. And right now, if you look at it, neither the Mets or the Yanks, they brought in one starter. Go back to the series against Houston. Pitching wasn't the problem. Cole pitched well. Uh, Nestor Cortez pitched well. Severino was solid until they took him out. They didn't lose to Houston because they couldn't pitch. They couldn't hit. And all they've done is bring back Aaron Judge. So if DJ LeMay, who doesn't go back to the form he was three years ago, or, you know, is Harrison Bader going to be a big-time player? So his point is well taken. You look at the Mets. You look at the Yankees. They both spent a lot of money. The Mets a lot more, a lot more. And the truth is, they're about the same teams. They haven't gotten uh, significantly better either one of those teams. Well, my Maybe argue- the Yankees got worse. <laughs> I-, I do agree to a sense. I, I-, I- like. 70% agree with pretty much everything you said. My argument would be is the Mets, as we said, won 101 games last year. How much better can they really be? I mean, do you want them to set the MLB record for no, wins in the season? No, they're not going to do that. What, they're what not going to be the ceiling? Yanks. Right. I, yeah, mean, look, I mean, DeGrom only won five games last and year. And then that was my second point. DeGrom pitched in, I believe, 12 games last year. The yeah. guy never throws 100 pitches. He never pitches into the seventh inning. And now you replace him with a guy that won the Cy Young, that always throws 100 pitches, and almost always pitches into the seventh inning. So you're replacing DeGrom with Verlander when they're both 100% healthy. It's a pick But the problem is one guy's really never healthy and one guy's, for the right. most part, so, always healthy. So they won 101 last year. So let's say you give another 10 wins this year. You got 111. Here's the problem. The Mets lost that playoff series last year where? Home. 
they had the home field advantage. It wasn't like they won 101 games. They had to go out in Los Angeles or Philadelphia. They lost to the Padres at home. So now you get 111 wins. You get the same home field advantage. Can you beat San Diego? I don't know. Padres have a better lineup. They can't pitch like the Mets, but the Mets lost at home last year. So more wins, all that does is guarantee you another home playoff series. Doesn't guarantee you a win, and we just saw that last year. It's a good point. Are the Mets the favorite to win the World Series right now? Probably not. They're they're up there. I mean, the NL is good. The Padres have maybe the best top four I've ever. I mean, I'm 27. Yeah, that, it's, it's not the, the 27 best. Yankees, but they're up there. They're up it's, there. It's 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 maybe the best lineup I've ever seen. Give me those four guys again. Tatis, Fernando Tatis. He's out right now. He's okay. out right now. But when he comes back, you have Tatis, you have Juan Soto, you have Xander Bogarts, and Machado. And you have Manny Machado. That's pretty good. That's damn. I good. don't know how you. St- I don't. I don't know how you pitch to that. Tough. Tough. Now, I mean, they can't all, pitch like the Mets can or the Dodgers can, but that team got really good late last year. And the Phillies, after that horrible start under Joe Girardi, they basically won every game after June. So and the Atlanta Mets have to contend. And Atlanta's too. always But they good. lost Swanson. They did lose. That's a big loss. So the Mets have to contend with 19 games inside their own division against competition like that. Now, the Nats and Marlins stink, but you're talking about 38 games against the Braves and the Phillies, who may be, I'm not saying they are, maybe better than the Mets. The Mets should be better than the Braves. The Phillies have a good, Phillies have a better lineup. The Mets should have the best, like, in a a playoff. So the Mets should be built to win a playoff series with their rotation. They are. The problem was last year, it was a three games. The three game series are tricky because you get one bad start from. Scherzer, and now it's a total coin flip. Right. And that's what happens. Well, that's why they, they, they need to win the division this year. You're they have right. to, you uh, have uh, to get five because then right. at least you get two shirts, starts from Scherzer, you get two starts from Verlander. That changes the whole story. In a three game series, anything can happen because, you know, Scherzer has one bad game, yeah. and now. Yep. You're in a ton, ton of trouble. Yeah. So I think it's uh, what's great about New York is is it's snowing outside, basically. You know, it's raining, it's cold. Christmas is like nine days away. We're in week 15 of the NFL kids. season. And so do I. Uh, but we're talking baseball. And when I went down to South Florida and did sports for 11 years, Mike, at WQAM and 640 Sports and 790 The Ticket with guys like Dan Levitar, George Sedano, Boog Shambi, they don't like baseball down there. You can't get them to talk about the Marlins. When I, I was down there in 97, when the Marlins played the Indians in the World Series, they don't want to talk Marlins baseball. They'll talk Miami Hurricane football all day. They'll talk Dolphins all day. All of a sudden, when they had Shaq and Wade and then Bosch, James, and, um, and Wade, they decided to talk Miami Heat basketball. But the point is, they only want to talk football. They don't talk baseball. So I go down to Florida. Here in New York, baseball is king by a mile. You and I are doing it right now, Mike, in December. And I'm, I'm, do- I'm talking about situational baseball. You know, why didn't Henry Ramirez bunt? <laughs> why didn't Dan Ugler take another pitch? Why didn't Mike Jacobs try to hit Mike the ball to right field? And they're going, what is this guy talking about? The Dolphins, and the Dolphins are like 4-9, and nine, by the way, 4-9. and nine. They got Gus Farad at quarterback. Why isn't he talking Dolphin football? And I hated it. So the beauty about being in New York is this great conversation with you, Mike, and me, talking baseball in December, we're lucky. Trust me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, baseball is... Is king in New York, and especially with, I mean, it'll die down after Swanson signs and the, and the winter meetings really kick in. And from like this, January and February, it'll die down again. Just well, because. February, we get spring training. So. Then you get spring training. But yeah. for the most part, in January, it'll die down again. Yeah. But then, you know, February. Then get, then it's football, Super Bowl. And then you got the Super Bowl and whatnot. Right. But after the Super Bowl, it's it's, it's go time. Football's Let's go. over, and you got to, especially with both teams expected to be World Series contenders. So. I do agree with uh, the judge. I'm not sure about the Yankees. They're a World Series contender right now. I think the Mets are much closer. I think the Yankees, again. The Yankees have a very deep rotation. But now, they can't score. 
They go through they go through weeks. I mean weeks of judge. Judge is not going to hit 62 home runs. This well, year. that's a problem. Aaron Judge had, and I was saying to him before you came in, Aaron Judge had takeout guys that took steroids, maybe the best season of all time. Yes. And they were still, for half the season, average. They couldn't score. They couldn't score. I mean, score. you look at the, the guys who hit in that lineup. I mean, Hicks killed them. Falefa, you know, he didn't help them. Uh, you know, DJ has not been the same player. Donaldson players. has been awful. Donaldson, right. So, But all those guys are back. So the question becomes... Do they regain a guy like LeMahieu? Does he become the guy he was three years ago? Well, DJ was really good last year. Um, I'm big into fantasy baseball, so I follow the guys, all the guys' numbers pretty, pretty intently throughout yeah. the season. Yeah. DJ was really good last season. I think he hit close to. Th- oh, not say, like he was three years ago. He got a lot. Well, of money. He won a batting title. He, he got a lot of money. But and Stanton's got to stay healthy. Well, DJ won a Gold Glove. Yes, he did. But Stanton's got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy. And DJ plays like he did late and last Rizzo, year. And Bader. I mean, Rizzo hit 32 home runs, but, you know, he, he strikes a, out a ton. He's a 215 hitter. That's all he is. 30 so, home runs. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Yanks, uh, uh, the Yankees, I think, need another bat, maybe two, to ensure they're good enough offensively. You're right, the pitching. You got Cole. You got Cortez. Now you got uh, the kid uh, from uh, Radon from San Francisco. You still have Severino. Uh, so the Yankees can pitch. And again, pitching did not hurt them in the playoffs against Houston. They need more consistent offense, and they've done zero to address that so far. So what do you do? Because coming into the season, the top players in the market were really judge. And then after that, it was a ton of shortstops. And the Yankees have Volpe in their farm system, and it appears that if they don't want to pay a shortstop, they'd rather bring him one up. So they didn't have a ton of options. To, to me, what makes the most sense would be making some sort of trade. They can do that. I've heard rumblings of a Tatis move, potentially, if, if San Diego's tired of him and doesn't want to pay him. I've heard rumblings of potentially an Otani move. The Otani thing is not going to happen because the Angels... Uh, that's what they've got at this point, right? They got trout to it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that happens. But he's a free but agent at the end of the. I year. know that, and and believe me, I, I'd be shocked if the guy out in California who's got a lot of money, you know that he paid trout a ton of money, he paid Pujols a ton of money, Frank he's got Dolan money, a ton of money too. Yeah, so I'd be surprised if, if he let him go. But listen, anytime there's a big name free agent, the Yankees they're in the game, except for now because the guy across the pond there, Steve Cohen. He becomes the guy now. Steve Cohen becomes the guy ahead of the Steinbrenners. I mean, look, if Aaron Judge hit those 62 home runs in San Francisco last year, he's not a Yankee. The only reason why Judge is a Yankee is because, believe it or not, he likes it here. His parents love the Yankees. His father thinks being a Yankee is the greatest thing ever. If he hits those home runs someplace else, he's not coming. And if it becomes a battle of money and will, Steve Cohen at this point is probably going to beat Hal Steinbrenner. So it's not like the Yankees want a guy, he's coming. It's not like that. And the Yanks, you know, listen, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Their division is not great. Toronto, Boston, Baltimore, Tampa. Toronto should be good. Good. They got Bassett. Good, but not great. Not great. They're solid, but not great. So the Yankees should find a way to win that division, but are they good enough to win a World Series? They didn't get better than Houston this offseason. Well, Houston lost Verlander, and they 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 did not replace him. The AL is weak. It Look, is weak. I can't. I can't. From the outside think. looking in, the AL looks weak. Seattle could be a very dangerous team. This uh, year. Is Seattle going to be better than the Yankees? Uh, though? Uh, they, they could be. They got some good young players. They don't uh, really they, have they any have, difference. They have the best young player in baseball. One of the best. Yeah, Julio he's, he's really good. Rodriguez. Yeah, he's really, he's and they could be very good. There's nobody in the Central that scares you, but. And you're right, it's much weaker than the NL. NL, very top-heavy. Padres, Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Phillies. But um, the Yankees are no guarantee. They are no guarantee. No. And then one last thing before you do go. Um, I do agree with your judge point. I, I, we covered the Yankees. We covered the Mets this year. So I met Judge. I interviewed him once or twice. I remember that. He did a good job. Yeah, he he um he loves New York. And he's not a villain. That's what I always said. He's not a villain. He does not want to be hated. 
If he left New York, he'd be one of the most oh. hated players in the league. Oh, he would be, and um, you're right, he would. And, and he, he doesn't, doesn't want, want that. that. He's too right. nice. He's a right. class act, good yep. guy. Came from a, you could tell his family, parents, he's adopted, but came from a good family. He's just a good, classy guy, and he wants to make a legacy in New York. So I respect him a lot, and, you know, good for him. I like. Oh, I, I hate the Yankees, but I like Judge. And, and Russo said it best, too. He's a Giants fan, and they came very close to signing him. But what he said was well, right. Russo's Look, a San Francisco Giants fan? Oh, Giants I did not know yeah. that. Is he from San Fran? He is not, no. Um, it goes back to Bonds and Kent and those teams, maybe even before that, I guess. But look, he said it best. Judge needed to be a New York Yankee. Judge being a Yankee is good for Aaron Judge, like you just said. It's good for New York, good for and it's good for baseball. Absolutely. Exactly right. Yep. And on that note, Sid, it was fun, man. Merry Christmas. we got to do it again. Absolutely. You're doing a great job Merry at Christmas. sports at this Thank station. Thank you. I appreciate Keeping it. all these young guys in shape, Bill and Justin. And well, what do we mean by in shape? Because I've been telling Phil I don't every- mean physically. Man. Okay, good. <laughs> because I've been telling him every single day he looks worse by the day. He doesn't care. He's bagels and cookies. I mean, in, in mental shape. Mental. These guys are pretty good sports guys. And with you at the helm, we're doing very well here. So congratulations. Thank you, Sid. You appreciate you as always. Phil, you want to come back on, bro? All right, Phil, you're back, man. How was that segment? What did you think of that? It was good. I, I don't know. I was on Twitter for most of it. So I Do you know. ever listen to anything that's not about you? Yeah. Yeah, I listen to a lot of stuff that's not about me. So we didn't really get into the NBA at all. I know that's your, your <laughs> bread and butter. World Cup's on Saturday. Give me a pick before we go. Uh, yeah, World I mean, Cup's on Sunday, actually, yeah, 10 a.m. Yeah. Well, there's World you like Cup my on... note on the World Cup? Don't say it, but you like there's it. There's World Cup on Saturday, too. Oh, yeah. You have the, uh, the, the, uh, the runner-up game. Yeah. The third which no game, which is stupid. Why would they even want to play in that game? I would be like, I'm not playing in that game. 2014 Iron Robin Netherlands. Okay, said, who, it's the dumbest. It's the it's dumbest game ever. And he, he had to play in it. He said, I, "I don't even want to do this. It's stupid." I if no I was passion. Ronaldo, I'd be like, "I'm not playing." Well, it's a good thing Ronaldo isn't playing in it because right. they didn't. They're not up for competition. Anyway, the uh, yeah, the World Cup's on Sunday. I mean, it's a they, they these two teams played each other in the 2018 World Cup. I which was like undoubtedly the best game of the 2018 World Cup. It was in the first round of knockout stages. France won four three. There was the goal of the tournament by Pavard. An insane volley, and then you know it was Mbappe had two goals in that game. Messi scored in that game. It was the the, the game of the tournament. We're getting a rematch of it now. Uh, I think Argentina is stronger than than they were back in 2018, and I think France is weaker than they were in 2018. France had a lot of injuries. They're missing like four of their you know starters. So Argentina is the pick. It's a I believe it's a pick them right. Yeah, it is. Odds are I think 538 has it like 53 percent for Argentina. I, I saw when it, when it was like the final four, 538 had Argentina as the favorites to win it. It is a pick them. In soccer too, it's always every game is a pick them. Any team could win at any time. Oh, it's such a freaking. Morocco, who would who would have thought Morocco it's would make a it a casual re- answer, man? It's not casual. It's actually an expert answer. It's not. Make the who do you have? I, we have I, to wrap I, it up. Who is your pick? France or Argentina? I like Argentina. All right, there it is. Phil, you did let me tell you something. You did a superb job today. Don't patronize. Superb me. job today. Me. All right. And on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to the 77 WABC Sports Podcast with Mike Dino. I'm your host, Mike Dino. This is my Intern Philip Dixon. No, 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 no. I'm not an intern. If anything, I might be your superior. Okay, on that note, we will see you next Friday. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.